superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And he will be stopped. And Aaron Rodgers gets up with a limp. Aaron Rodgers is sitting down in the field. He's hurt. Son of a... This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm talking about the freaking New York Jets having a curse hanging over. From the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Every time we think we're out, you got the problem. football gods pull us back in. Earlier on the show, ESPN Sports Center anchor Scott Van Pelt. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. And now. It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We had hour number one of conversations with you at 844-204-RICH and with Scott Van Pelt of the Worldwide Leader in Sports who was hosting his his Sports Center program after hosting Monday Night Countdown from MetLife. A roller coaster ride obviously came on the air with my opinion as a uh, Jet fan from Staten Island. Rich from Staten Island started the program today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Long-time host, first-time caller. Uh, that was the way uh, we, we started. Um, hour number three on this program, uh, Daniel Jeremiah will l- let us know what's on his mind, what he thinks the Jets should be doing, what Zach Wilson looked like. He's also in the booth for the Los Angeles Chargers uh, on the radio side of things, so he personally witnessed Tyreek Hill rampage his way with Tua through uh, a, an exhilarating week one victory for the Dolphins. They've got the Patriots next. And I'll tell you what, if the Jets are going to be a shadow of what they could have been and the Bills are going to have a problem being consistent, you know, certainly on the road in division or Josh Allen might have a, a turnover issue, the Dolphins emerge from week number one Dude. looking the best out of all the AFC East teams. That is a fact. 100%. So, because Tyreek Hill looks unguardable, and Tua, as I said yesterday in my top five list of most pleasant surprises mm-hmm. of week one of the season, uh, it looks like he could take care of himself where he gets rid of the ball or, as I referred to it, Tua Jitsu. Hey, looks pretty damn good. <laughs> and so that's a big Sunday night game. If the Dolphins can go to 2-0, and and the Jets are going to have to try and maintain enough points on offense with a quarterback that still might not be ready for the prime time that the rest of the roster is ready for, and Josh Allen is inconsistent, the Dolphins have a path to the AFC East basket here. So that's a pretty darn big game. And later on in this uh, program, my top five performances, standout performances of week number one, now that week number one is in the books, and I do believe we have uh, another guest that we're adding to our uh, guest list in hour number three, a very special guest that uh, I don't want to announce yet. I will just tease until he is officially confirmed. Oh, um, But that's coming up right now. Joining us on Zoom for the first time, because he's always called in. Now that we've got live Zooms on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, my buddy from Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer. Good to see you in the flesh, Albert. 
Good to see you too. I, I we don't have to worry about phone reception right. right now or any of that. It's uh it's nice to know we'll be able to get through the twenty minutes without my phone interrupting uh, or interfering it's in any way. All good, Albert, and it's it's great to see you because I get to see the tan. I get to see the summer <laughs> tan still still lingering. It's and it's, I, it's got the the, the, day, the days are numbered. And the again, tan. the fact that I get to to see you is is great until I see what's behind you. You got the horseshoe behind. I mean, look at <laughs> yeah, this. You like that? Yeah. No, I don't like so it. That's 02, <laughs> which was a national championship season. That's fourteen, which was a national championship wow. season. I have a helmet here this is uh oh my gosh this is eli apple's helmet from oh. the national oh, title okay. season oh. all right isn't that lovely <laughs> and then on the other side this oh my is gosh my, uh, this is my high school so there you go hey. Attaboy, but most importantly before we get the to everything Ohio flag just fell which uh maybe is because i'm it's on meta- the phone with you that's also a metaphor um <laughs> <Yeah>. so um <laughs> but before we start tell me what did you do tell me tell everyone what you did sunday morning what did you do Sunday morning? Go ahead, Albert. I, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I will always remember the first Sunday of the 2023 NFL season and because why I coached my kid in his very first tackle football game. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, that was great. Yep. And we we did not win, but um, we, we lost 20 to nothing. Um, but you know what? Like, those kids were resilient, and uh, we have 13 third graders out. The other team has 46 kids out, and – um, we hung in there, and wow. at the end of the first half, uh, we started to move the ball a little bit, had a couple of positive plays, and we shut them out in the second half. And so, hey. you know, like I, I, what I tried to tell the kids at the end was I had them, I, I, you know, and I'm an assistant coach, but I said, raise your hand if this is your first game playing. And a bunch of them raised their hands, and I said, a lot of the kids you're playing against have played before, and um, just look at the improvement that you made from the start of the game to the end of the game. Start of the game, we were wondering if we were going to be able to finish it. And then by the end, you were going toe to toe with them. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it. it was, a, it was, a, it was a phenomenal experience. I, Rich, I don't know if you've coached any of your kids, but, um, you know, it's hard with our jobs to do that. Um, I think you probably experienced the same thing and, uh, it's really, really awesome when you get a chance to do it. And you, I, and I, I couldn't be happier for your brother. That that's pretty neat. That's, that's a really great cool. way to start off a football season. Nice. That's, yep. that's for sure. Uh, let's jump into what, what are the jets doing right now? What, what are they doing in the front office right now? Albert, yeah. Talk. Um, well, so obviously they get the news this morning. Um, you know, my understanding at some point today it may have already happened that that Robert Sala and, and Joe Douglas and the powers that be there are going to sit down and talk through their options. Um, you know, obviously there are some veteran names out there, some big names out there that you would think you might place a call to just, you know, exploratory. You know, like your Tom Brady, your Philip Rivers, your, um, you know, your, your, uh, your Matt Ryan, who's in the booth now. Um, I don't think that they, I, I don't think that that's at the top of their list of things to do, but like, that'd be something that you would discuss in a meeting like that. And then um, the next level of it is that you start to talk about veteran names that are out there that might be a backup to Zach Wilson and um, an option to start if things don't go well with Zach Wilson. And there are a couple of guys out there now that Joe Douglas has experience with um, from his years in Philadelphia and Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. And so um, I think the likelihood is that they go and get a veteran backup for Zach Wilson and kind of the break glass in, in a case of an emergency guy. Um, but, you know, it's obviously not an ideal situation. And, you know, I know a lot of the people in that building are down right now. And um, it's, you know, it's just a matter of trying to get the depth chart in order. And 
and trying, I think, at this point to to to, to provide a united front for for Zach Wilson. Well, and I know my my colleague um, and uh, our friend uh, Ian Rappaport on Game Day Morning said that the Jets knocked on the Rams' door before Rogers for for Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stafford looked terrific, and I don't yeah. know why the Rams would pull the plug on anything that they feel is a surprising season. And Stafford loves it out here, and obviously they 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 have a, a marriage for years to come. Um, but it, what, what sort of YOLO names are out there uh, of current starters in the NFL that the I'm, Jets could make the proverbial Godfather offer for Albert? You know the problem is um, yeah, here, uh, Rich, is that we're at the point of the season where everybody still has hope, you know? And so, you know, I think the type of like hail Mary you're talking about throwing would happen if a team was one in seven at the end of October and Mm -hmm. you're close to the trade deadline. And maybe this team is having a trouble getting a guy assigned to an extension. Um, We're still so early in the season. I mean, what sort of message does that send your fan base, you know, on top of everything else, right? If you're detaching from a guy who would potentially be an answer for another team that's trying to contend, um, so I think the timing of it makes it makes it more difficult. Uh, but you know, like I, I would say, like there's a, a lot of the things we thought about the Jets did come true last night. Um, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, like the young skill position talent is there. Um, some talent on the offensive line, the interior, of the offensive line looks okay. Uh, the defense looks fast, looks physical, you know, and and it's got the stars that played really well last night. Both Sauce Gardner. And, um, and and Quinn and Williams, but beyond that, like they've got depth all over the place. And so, you know, you sort of wonder if this team, if this roster, the Jets roster is strong enough to where you can, you know, r- basically take a six or seven week trial run with Zach Wilson. And if it works out great, and if not, you explore your options at the trade deadline where more options might materialize because other teams, you know, have, um, have, have have gone the wrong way over the course of the first two months of the season. So I think that's sort of more than what would you be looking at? Um, and, and remember, I mean, I, I would say like one thing that Robert Sala said last night, it's pretty forthright, which is uh, the idea that Zach Wilson could eventually make it is something that's been in the back of the heads of the Jets yeah. people for a while now. Now it didn't look great last night, um, but you know, there's a reason why they kept him around. And, you know, I was told before they even traded for Aaron Rodgers that their ideal situation was keep Zach Wilson, sit him down for a year or two, and then hope that he turns the corner over that year into year or two that he's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. And that was something that um, they approached Zach Wilson about while they were pursuing the trade, something they got his sign off, his sign off on. So, they still thought enough of Zach Wilson to keep him around in a potentially awkward situation with a Hall of Fame quarterback coming in. So I do think that there's there's some sentiment in the building right now. Like, let's at least see what Zach Wilson can do before we do anything too rash. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. And uh, once th- this all subsides and, um, and maybe it's already subsiding, the conversation about turf has yeah. returned. Uh, I saw you kind of... Uh, we're in the middle of all that on on Twitter last night, Albert. Um, and so, why why are there artificial surfaces still in the National Football League when we see it over and over again? I mean, yeah. and 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 I know player protection and player safety is something that is said, and in, for many people in the NFL, it it is it is their reason for coming to work. That yep. it is serious business. 
But, I mean, Woody Johnson should go to the next owner's meeting, as far as I'm concerned, and show up and say, we're, you know, or we'll go to the Giants now and say, we're putting in grass. Like, this is the yeah. end of that. Uh, yeah. Because you just saw last night, obviously, we will never know if Rogers' foot would have given way if that was a natural surface. But every player that was on social media last night said, absolutely, Rogers would be getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys had yep. that not been the pellet surface that the Jets are playing on right now, Albert. Right. So I think it's um, it, it's sort of like a multi-tiered thing. Um, and I would go back to, you know, like basically the price point of the stadiums and the price point of the teams. And if we want to go back like a few years, like even a billion for a team was a lot. We just had a team sell for six billion. Um, if you want to go back 20 years, like the stadiums that opened in Detroit and Philadelphia and New England, all those stadiums that opened during that little boom there, like I'd say like 2000 to 2004, those stadiums cost whatever, $300 million, $400 million. Well, now you have a stadium out there by where you live that opened that costs $6 billion. So the price point of these teams in these stadiums have made it as made it such where owners look at it and say, I can't pay this much for my team. I can't pay this much for the stadium and justify only having 10 football games in here a year and a few other events. I need to monetize the stadium. I need to put as many events as I possibly can into this stadium to make sure that I'm justifying the cost of my team. I'm justifying the cost of my stadium. And so what happens when you do that is it makes it much harder to maintain a grass surface. You could pour tens of millions of dollars into making the grass surface work or you could just lay down artificial turf and then everything becomes a lot easier for you. And most teams, a lot of teams have taken the, have made the choice. We're going to go to the turf. And to me, like the, the real, um, the real kind of like ones that stick out are the ones in the South, right? Like it's hard enough in the Northeast. It, it's, it's hard in the Northeast to maintain grass. You could do it, but why is there, why isn't there grass in Nashville? Why isn't there grass in Charlotte? Um, you know, I think these are fair questions to ask. And the other questions that are fair to ask, why are all these teams accommodating international soccer? You know, like the, the, these, these teams come over from Europe, they have rules. Like we, we don't allow our players on artificial surfaces. So how come they can lay grass in their football stadiums over the artificial turf for the soccer players, but they can't maintain a grass surface for the football players. How come they're doing it for the world cup? So like, I think it all comes down to money and I, you know, I, I think if you if you if anybody listening to this wants to go and look, Google Real Madrid and look at their grass system. And it's because they have to do it, right? Because they want to have a lot of events in the stadium that they gutted and rebuilt. But they have a, a system that's absolutely unbelievable, like human ingenuity. You know what I mean? Like this stadium has a grass surface that goes underground, has sprinklers and lights and all this different stuff underground so they can have all these events in the stadium and also have the best soccer surface possible. Why won't NFL teams do that? And there's one team that has gone above and beyond, and that's the one team that doesn't have an owner. The Packers have gone above and beyond to manage the number of events they have in that stadium to have the very best surface. It's like a hybrid, synthetic, natural surface. How how come they can maintain a surface in, in January in northern Wisconsin, but you can't in Nashville or Charlotte? How does that make sense? And what's the difference between the Packers and the other 31 teams? They don't, they don't have an owner who's pocketing the difference. So I think there's a larger discussion to be had here. And, you know, again, like it's just 
we've seen so many cases and and I don't know if this specific one is a, is a glaring example, but you know, we saw it with, with Sean Gary in Detroit last year. We saw it with Nick Bosa a couple of years ago in, um, in, in, in New York, we saw it with Sterling Shepard, you know, at MetLife. So I don't know if this one's a specific example of it. Maybe it would have happened regardless based on how the other guy fell on top of Aaron Rodgers. But I think the players have a real case here and a real argument to make as far as why, you know, at least a fair, a fair question to ask as far as like why in the world in this business that makes tens of billions of dollars every year, can we not invest back into the players by giving them the best possible surface to play on. Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. A few minutes left with him right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What happened with Chris Jones um, and the Chiefs mm-hmm. and w- w- what happens moving forward with them right now? So, yeah, the, the, the Chris Jones situation, I I feel like the Chiefs tried their best to give him an opportunity to save face here um, because I think he'd sort of run out of options. The Aaron Donald um, outlier contract had sort of poisoned negotiations, and they had worked in that middle ground between what Aaron Jones got and what the other top D tackles like Quinnen Williams and um, and Jeffrey Simmons and Dexter Lawrence got. Like they were working in that middle ground, but they couldn't find a middle ground to do a long term deal. So after the Thursday night game, um, they launched talks on what the Chiefs considered was a final swing. Right, let's redo your deal and and just do this one year and fix it so it's fixed for this one year. And so they gave him a couple of incentives that are pretty easy to hit, 35% play time, 50% play time that'll allow him to make the $2 million that he lost and finds back. Now what he lost in the game check from last week over a million bucks, what he lost in um in in the workout bonus in the spring, the $500,000, that'll be harder to make up. In fact, to make that up rich, mm. he is going to have to be the defensive player of the year and win the Super Bowl. That's the only way he'll exceed what he would have made. <laughs> That's it. If he had just showed up for everything. Okay. So, I mean, this is a situation where I, you know, I, I think the, 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 it's it's very easy to question the holdout and whether or not Chris Jones did the right thing. And it sucks because players used to have this lever to pull, but it's a very, very hard lever to pull now based on the way the rules are set up. Um, you know, via the, the, the CBA that was negotiated a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I, I think the good news is that, you know, they, they, they did handle a situation over the weekend. Chris stayed in Kansas city after the game and was there all weekend. He'll be there today to take his physical. And I don't think there's any acrimony between the sides. I think they're both amenable to doing a new deal um, after all this and, and having Chris Jones remain a chief the rest of his career, but clearly the holdout didn't work. And yesterday, Albert, uh, on our show on Monday, we, we had a poll question, uh, Chris, it was the, which team should be most panicked after week one, right? That's right. Panicked after week one. And you, you chose the Bengals, Steelers, Seahawks, and Giants. Correct. The Giants won that poll, correct? Yeah, 62%. Mm-hmm. However, the Steelers and the Seahawks are announcing injuries over the last 24 hours that would have me more concerned for them. Uh, the Steelers just announced that uh, Cam Hayward needs groin surgery and that Deontay Johnson will not be able to answer the bell for the Monday night game against Cleveland. And, and Seattle's banged up on their their line now, right, Albert? Is that what's yeah, going on there? Yeah, so Seattle's got the injury to Charles Cross. They're bringing in Jason Peters. And like you said, the Steelers have Deontay Johnson and um, and and Cam Hayward now on the shelf. And I, I think in both cases, you can kind of trust the program, right? Like, remember, the Steelers were 1-6 at one point last year. They won... 
uh, eight of their last 10. Um, they still have like a really good young nucleus on, on offense with, with Kenny Pickett and, and Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens. And then Seattle, you look at all the young players they brought in last year, the amount of guys that they had come in last year. And one of them was Charles Cross. Um, but I, I, they've got really, really good depth um, from the last couple of draft classes. And Pete Carroll has shown an ability to win year over year. I would feel okay if I was those teams. Maybe the ceiling's lowered a little bit, but I'd feel okay. The Giants, I, I'd i sort of agree with the people who voted in the poll just because I do think that there was a – I think that, that Brian Dayball and Joe Shane took an, a realistic approach to building their team this year and that last year could fool some people into thinking they were closer than they actually were. And that was a really good group of players and they were clutch and they got the most out of Daniel Jones and they did a lot of things right. But if you look at what they did in the off season, they took care of some of their own guys and Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas, but they didn't go overboard and bringing in guys from the outside. This was always going to be a two or three year process process for them and building that roster up. I think there's an acknowledgement in the way they've built um, this, the last two years that this was going to take time. And so if they take a step back this year and that was sort of illustrated by what happened on Sunday night, I don't think the people in that building would be shocked. Like if they step back to seven wins this year, I, it, it might not make the fan base happy, but I could see where the people in that building would view it as part of the process where I don't think Pittsburgh or Seattle would look at it that way. All right, Albert, thanks for the time. And I'm glad that you're on zoom so I could see your face when I'm about to say what I said in text exchange with the, you know, you and our, our buddy Don last night. Garrett Wilson is one of my favorite Jets. I I, uh, I love that kid. I love He's him. something else, isn't he? Oh, my goodness. That touchdown. And, 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 and imagine having to live with the regret that we had him and Chris Olave on the same team with C.J. Stroud and couldn't get it done in November of 2021. Uh, you know so, what? Look how we're, we're throwing verbal bouquets at each other. Right yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. I gave you one. You gave me one. Uh, okay. Well, maybe it's the eye to eye. Maybe there's the fact that we can see each other. Okay. You know? Could be that too. Could be that too. Yeah. That you, you're, we're, we're, we could be like children where we're, 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 we're tough when we don't have to look at each other. Uh, <laughs> all right, Albert. Thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. We'll chat again soon. All right. Thanks, Rich. You got it. Senior NFL reporter, the MMQBs, and lead content strategist of Sports Illustrated, Albert Breer. And you saw basically, see, that's another thing too. That's the life of an information man or woman in the NFL. Did you see what you, you, you weren't looking at the screen. No, as what happened? soon as he was done, he took his earpiece out and just went uh, right on his computer. <laughs> He's trying to find out what's going on. Yeah. Like you mentioned, a lot of injury stuff breaking today. Obviously the Jets quarterback stuff. Ugh. We'll take a break. We'll take more of your phone calls. The bills side of things, my top five performances of week number one. And then we will talk about hour three in our looming guest. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. 
that could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I cannot believe you you watched Charles Oakley get dragged out of Madison Square Garden with your own two eyes, Bob. I mean, I could not. Spike Lee was there. You couldn't believe it Did either. everyone just like it during Wait, the time? Spike like, Lee was boo, there? Boo, boo, boo. Nice. That's, that, next thing you're going to tell me, Jack Nicholson was at the Lakers game. <laughs> McEnroe, McEnroe was there. I know McEnroe he was right there. Was was Woody next, he was like he practically was, in Oakley's lap. Yeah, was yeah. Woody Allen there? He was not. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. John Lithgow? Was he John was? there? Steve Earle was there. So Steve Earle. Okay. Oh, really? This, the, this is the new Madison Square Garden. Leon was there. The actor. Oh, sure. Yeah, he was yeah. there. What about... Uh, Bob Costas? Told you. Costas. Now, oh, yeah. You gotta, oh, can you tell this story? Not feeling me. You got to tell the Costas story. Tell the story. When I was like 21 years old, I went to the... Um, I went to the, uh, what was it, the Heisman Trophy. Um, At the downtown I, I, athletic I, I, club? Yeah, I, I managed to get invited. Like, I had an extra ticket or somebody gave me a ticket, and I went to the thing. And I went to the bathroom, and uh, Bob Costas was in the next urinal. And I was, like, 21, so this was 1990, <laughs> 91. And I said, and I was peeing, and I went, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of yours. And he told and he went, don't you know the rule? You're not supposed to talk when you're in a urinal. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't. That's how I learned the rule. Anyway, so I'm at the Knicks game. <laughs> I was at the Knicks game, and I was, I'd never met him before but since then. And I said to him, hey, uh, this is Bobby Cannavale. I just wanted to introduce myself and say, uh, when I was 21, I told him the story. And he went, doesn't sound like something I'd say. Shot me down. Just complete shoot down. Twice. Well, he, he was also sitting on the toilet when you told him the second time. He was. He was. He was. He was. He was. Yeah. He's like, hey. So what? Did you- and shut the door, dude. I don't care that you have two Emmys. Chip. Shut the door, Chip. Oh my gosh. God, I love those guys. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, uh, at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Uh, Jesse in Syracuse, New York, will take your phone call. You're your old neck of the woods, Christopher. What's up, Jesse? Hey, Rich. First time, long time. Chris, 
Shout out Syracuse, as always. Shout out Marshall Street. Yep. <laughs> I wish I could be calling today with some joy in my voice after a week one win against the Bills. But seeing Rodgers go down just like Testaverde in game one and him actually being an honorary captain last night at MetLife mm-hmm. is just deja vu all over again. And seeing the same no-confidence, predictable play calling with Zach Wilson needing the defense to carry him, I expect to see the same thing going with the co-host teams with Dallas and New England in the next week. We need to see, as Diana Rossini just reported, the Jets go after Carson Wentz. Ugh. We need to see that. No, we don't. <laughs> Jesse, let me just... <laughs> no, we don't, go Jesse. On, Rich, no? No, we don't. Rich. Jesse. Rich, Rich. Jesse, let, let, let me Jesse, no, no, no. Let me paint you the picture, Jesse, <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll pay you the compliment of being blunt. Dig if you will. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. We saw Carson Wentz at the end of his Philadelphia tenure, and somehow, some way, Howie Roseman got Indianapolis to say, "We'll take him." And then I was there at the combine when Frank Reich uh, was there, and it was so obvious that they were ready to just get Carson Wentz the hell out of there after they lost in Jacksonville in the last game, and Jim Irsay didn't want to see his face anymore, and they wanted him out of there, and they somehow got the Washington commander to say, we'll take him. And then as soon as he went there, Ron Rivera, when it's all said and done in Washington, might say the, the worst decision he made was putting Carson Wentz out there and taking Taylor Heineke out. Any Commanders fan will tell you that. Thank you for the call, Jesse. In Syracuse, please call back. No, thank you. If I had to go anywhere for any former Philadelphia quarterback, despite having seen him in Indianapolis last year be one of the many quarterbacks that crapped out there, I would take Nick Foles. I would take Foles because he can come in in a pinch and make these throws, I'm assuming, they can take a look at him in some sort of a warm-up. First of all, shares an agent with Rodgers. Easy, lickety-split, done. Also, on top of it, he is, when you talk about terrific human being and coach in cleats as well, like that's true. one combination that I'd love to see for Zach Wilson, because it's going to be him. You're not going to go take a quarterback from another team that's a starter and just throw him in right now over Zach. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to have him there in case Zach does show up like 2022. Perfect combination. Foles and Rodgers in the quarterback room, pumping this guy with knowledge as much as he can possibly handle. And and if Zach goes down, bring in Nick Foles. We've seen the magic carpet ride before from him. We haven't from Carson Wentz. I would take Foles. Who's your backup right now? Uh, was it Tim Boyle? Is that they didn't even have him active yesterday? Good question. He wasn't even active. He's, He's on the practice squad right now. Right now. So I can't believe I'm being tested on who the third string quarterback for the Jets is right now. Yeah, you don't have one officially on the roster. That's because he was on the practice squad. They didn't put him up yet. And they're going to have to right now. Yeah, you're going to. Because somebody's not just walking in through that door and being the backup in Dallas. Let's talk about the Bills side of things a little bit here. Okay. I'll give the, the Bills fans a little red meat. Let's talk about the team that actually plays in New York State. Remember Josh Allen came in on the show Friday, and he's like, we're going to go down to New Jersey. And I'll, I, I'm like, that's a very Western New York thing to say. He's right. <laughs> you know what Bills fans want to hear and what Bills fans want to see? 
And he knows what he showed Bills fans last night is what nobody wants to see, including himself. Four turnovers, three interceptions, all to the same guy in Jordan Whitehead, and then that fumble where he took his eyes off the snap of something was going on. I don't know. Obviously, I, I need to look at the film to see what a mistake that was, to use that phrase. And he owned it. He absolutely owned he it did. last night, which is, by the way, what got Zach Wilson in hot water last year is when he didn't own it. Right. He knows the drill. This is what he had to say after the game last night. Josh, the four turnovers, um, was that something that he did or is that just you maybe forcing the ball, trying to force the ball in a little bit? Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah, same same place, different day. Is it, is it, I mean, what do you got to do to get, get it on track? Yeah, I mean, mindset-wise, just trusting what I see and sticking with it and not trying to force anything. And um, It's a good defense we played, but, you know, we can't play two guys. Can't play them and us, and I played us tonight, and Good for you, Josh, to say that. And by the way, when I think he says same place, I'm assuming he means MetLife because the Jets did this. They did this to him last year mm. with Zach. And it's a good defense. He's right. But the turnovers and some of them were just um, not good. Not great, Bob. Well, one turned into a punt. And um, yeah, it was third down and, the, you know, put right. the Jets inside the five. Here's the other two. I'm going to say. The the week one ripple effects from this game will last longer with the Jets than the Bills. That's for damn sure. Maybe I'm not going on a very long limb to say that, <laughs> but Josh Allen still got them in position to tie that game last night. And he came on the show last Friday. He's like, nothing was going on with Diggs. They did have to hug it out, which kind of are two statements that don't really square. But he did say, we're done. We're reading from the same word. It's win. Wasn't that apparent to you last night? First throw of the game, right? A dart to digs. Yeah. Okay. The touchdown. I thought that play was dead. Mm-hmm. And I thought he crossed the line of scrimmage. He, the play was alive, hey, and man. he didn't. He By didn't. the tip of his toes. I know, but he didn't. Yeah, I know. And how many quarterbacks can keep the play alive like that in the NFL, which you have to do? And I know what you're saying. I know your, your body language. Radio audience might not see it either. Is, is Sometimes that does get him into trouble. Same thing about Favre. It would do that all the time. God, he does the dumbest things sometimes. sometimes. I know. So did Favre. It's got to be so frustrating being a Bills fan watching this dude because you know how talented he is. You know what he can do. You know what he's capable of. But you're going to see that and more often than not. And then he'll have games like that yesterday. The Jets' defense is just damn good. Can't lose yet. that game, though. Can't lose that game. 13-6. Put him away. Can't do it. What are you doing? I'll say more positives. I agree with you. James Cook. Looked look, pretty damn look, good. Look great. Yes. Uh, Matt Milano may be I just mean, the yeah. best defender Jeez. people aren't talking about. Does that guy bring the wood like every time? It's not like on occasion he'll just like kind of no, no, love no. tap you. Uh-uh. I mean, he is bringing it. And then he'll tell you what he did. Ooh. I know he got a flag for it, but he got Damn. right in Zach Wilson's face Damn. after that. And Vaughn's coming back. 
And Tredavious White, I, I, I believe Garrett was erased because the other Wilson was playing quarterback much of the time. But Trey White's excellent. This is a great. This is a really Boyd good got football after team. It. Greg Rousseau gonna, got after it. I mean, they're going to win more than not. Zach Wilson in there. You're sending the house on most plays. Put the bill schedule up. I know you want to, Hoskins. Just put it up. <laughs> Just go ahead. I mean, Vegas is next. I'm assuming that's an early window game, uh, which is not great for a team in in uh, from the West Coast at Washington. Home for Miami is going to be just lit. That game in Jacksonville, I'm calling that one. And that is not going to be easy for Jacksonville alone. But Jacksonville's in London a week before. Jacksonville plays Atlanta in London week four. Jacksonville will be just like seeing Big Ben, you know, having, <laughs> what, bangers and mash? Is that what we're talking about? Bangers okay. and mash, yeah. And, 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 they, and, and the they, could be, they could be 4-0. Like, they could beat the Chiefs this week, and suddenly they're riding high. Who, Jacksonville you're yeah. talking about? Uh-huh. The Giants, they'll take care of the Giants. At New England, they've got their number in a way that the Jets kind of have have the Bills in New Jersey. Tampa at Cincinnati. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not concerned. It's still a really hard schedule, man. Look at those games to end the year. I, I would take that schedule right now for the Jets. I, I'll take Vegas this week and then Washington week three. Well, your, I'll your do schedule. That. Can I do that? Can we switch? Can your we switch? schedule is flop, though. You're front heavy, whereas the Bills back I'd heavy. I'd rather be back heavy to get some momentum going right now for Zach. So yeah. uh, let's lay, feel, off, the, lay off the Bills is my headline here. I mean, that is that is glass three-quarter full. I know. Josh Allen deserves the criticism. Don't do that. It's as simple. It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, your teenager constantly touching the burning stove. It's like, after all this time, you're really still going to touch you're, the burning still, stove? You're still really? grabbing it? You don't <laughs> see that, that flame that's been on for the last 10, 15? Like, you're holding the scissors that way? Really? You're telling... Yeah, give me a little glimpse of Susie and uh, mine and Susie's uh, home life here. Like, really? Can you can you not cut the bread or the fr- you know your melt like Cooper? It's twelve. Can you not cut your melon with the knife towards your body? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I still do that. Like that's what Josh that. Allen playing quarterback is. Yeah, I still do. So my hands. We're good. We're good. I still think the Bills have a shot at this division. Anybody who's going to push back at me right now is nuts. I mean, it's clearly Miami's to Miami. lose, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Miami looks, uh, honestly, Miami emerges from week one yeah. looking the in prettiest the out shape. of AFC, the oh, AFC yeah. East. The Jets are back in, in the Zach zone. I can't believe it, but it's true. The Patriots are clearly not clicking on every cylinder, and you got to wonder if they're going to. The defense has shown. But they're improved. Yep. They're improved, but they're not going to be like, hey, I can't wait to see Sunday night uh, how gonna Belichick be, gonna be is going to watch this film of what we saw, of what Tua did with Tyreek, and come up with his one thing he likes to take away. You know, I don't know what it is. Five guys on Tyreek. Well, maybe exactly. it might be. I don't know. Maybe it might be Tua's comfort level in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Whatever coverages to disguise to make sure Tua doesn't get it out in just three steps. I don't know about you, but that looked like money. If you make him hold it for another beat, you might get him. Right. And the way to do it is to confuse him. 
not try and just run a free guy at you. And we're going to talk about that with Daniel Jeremiah because his, vi- his, vi- his video, his film that he popped on his Instagram feed illustrates that. But for the moment, just Bills fans, like the, uh, the, the Jet quarterback in the MRI machine would say, R-E-L-A-X. We'll take a break. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. My top five most outstanding performances of week one coming up on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Back here on the show. I think the Jets killed Carl again. From Seinfeld? I mean, from a curb. Yeah. Yeah. That clip was going around again yesterday. Can't handle the disappointment. And then after the uh, Josh Allen fumble, you see who chimed in? Mark Sanchez chimed in. Oh, gosh. Sanchez chimed in. Josh Allen just ran into his own guy and fumbled. Weird. (laughs) He tweeted you yesterday too. Who did? Mark Sanchez. I missed it. Yeah. What do you say? I can't remember. I like it was something I scrolled <laughs> by and saw. I'll look for it right now though. I saw the clip too. I, Alan clearly wasn't expecting the snap. He was looking toward the yeah, yeah. sideline and it just bat, I, backed him in the chest. Dude. The the Jets getting the touchdown grab from Garrett Wilson. C- catch of the year. Unbelievable. Unbelievable! Play. I think that that's the clubhouse leader, and and it'll stay there probably for a while. For a while, I know he's Until literally Sunday. boxing the dude out, and then like one hand tips it to himself right. as he's falling the, down. The Jets version of the Odell catch in in the stadium, unbelievable, right? And, and it, it it means so much. Division opponent, yeah. night game, all that business. Then for that to be followed up by the fumble, and then. For it to be followed up by getting an actual first down, but playing it so conservatively, you're leaving time on the clock for Josh Allen. And then he goes down the field to set up a field goal. And and then it doinks off the upright and then still goes through. And then the Jets lose the coin toss. And then they have a walk-off punt return for a touchdown. That is truly not the way I saw this game wrapping up after I saw it the way it started. We need an immediate... 30 for 30 short on this. <laughs> and 30, bringing 30 minutes. 30, yeah. Uh, Immediately. 30 on the, a 30 on the 30 minutes. Immediately. I can't believe that. Truly still can't. 30. 
Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, I was on Westwood One Radio last night. Uh, great call by Kevin Harlan on the walk-off and everything that was going on. Kurt Warner and I are all part of the Monday night football that you can get for free on Westwood One, the NFL, all season long, sponsored by AutoZone. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app. You can ask Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate stations, digital platforms, can get me, Kurt, and Kevin all season long for free and get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Uh, Andrew in Cleveland, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Rich. Not much. First time ever calling in. Just want to say thanks for taking my time. You got it. Uh, I was calling about, I was listening to your podcast, the replay there of the Monday, uh, yeah, <laughs> my brain's just on a blank. Go for it. On hold so long. No, take your breath. Uh, Go for it, Andrew. You got it. But you were saying about Pittsburgh not having a big loss against San Fran, and I kind of slightly disagreed when you said that because Cleveland also plays San Fran, so that could be a division split. No, no. The reason why I said it, Andrew, is that again, uh, when it all comes down to it, the there's head, there's the obvious, the match, the tie breaks go overall record, which as you know, and then it's head to head, and let's just say that splits. Then it's division record, then it's conference record, then it goes eventually to common opponents, and so that that's what I'm saying. Of course, it can come home to roost in terms of a tie break uh, against other teams in their division. Uh, but Which you lately know, is how our season goes. It all seems to come down to we need about five miracles to come together to get into the playoffs. <laughs> well, so um, it's are you from Pittsburgh in Cleveland? Because I heard a little bit uh, of I, yeah. I, I told him on the air. Yeah, I, I live in actually Newcastle about 40 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. I work as a truck driver. I'm sitting in Cuyahoga Heights, which is about 20 minutes outside okay. of right now. Okay. So, um, I did I, TJ, are you proud of me? I picked that up. Yeah, I, I picked that, that up a little bit right there. Stuff right. Andrew, ends. thanks for calling, man. Call back. Call back. Picked up the ends there. I, 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 I caught it. I got there a, I got a, a whiff of the ends right there. <laughs> Good. You're going to write that down, a whiff of the ends? Well, we still need a fast team. I know. I know. We got lost in that. I know. Do you have this still time? It's still time still to time. name our team. All right, let's let's go glass half full here. You know, let's, my glass has been half empty quite a bit. Let's do it. I've got the top five standout performances for week one presented by Dave and Busters. Are you ready? Let's go. I know I'm going to like this. We're going to do it. <laughs> you know I'm going to get around to it eventually, right? Kings and I went to Dave and Busters on Friday. I love that place. Fantastic. Well, it's good because they're presenting my top five standout performances for week one. Number five is a guy who was tied for second on the Jets last night in receptions. Jordan Whitehead, the guy who picked off... <laughs> Josh Allen three times on Monday Night Football yeah, without buddy. his grabs. It would not have been possible for the Jets to win that football game last night. Joe Buck said it when he grabbed his third interception. He's never had three interceptions before in a season. And he was Jordan on the spot when the Jets needed it. And he is the the standout performer on a standout defense that took it to Josh Allen and help the Jets win a game that I still can't believe that they won because of the way that it started, which I can believe because I'm a Jet fan of 54 years. We're back in a darkness retreat. Uh, But bottom line, he's number five on a standout performance 
of the week. Number four on this list is, I'm going to go with this guy, even though Brandon Ayuk had a terrific performance. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey, who is my offensive player of the year candidate coming into the season. I predicted just seeing him do what he's done in the past and what he did last year in a short time with the 49ers, his first full season of off-season workouts and practices and OTAs and training camp and his first full playing season with the 49ers began with 22 rushes for 152 yards Ooh. and a touchdown. And he caught a couple balls that were necessary to be caught from Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey, man. And Debo didn't Debo and Kittle hardly did a thing. Yep. And the 49ers look the way that they look, number four. Number three, in terms of standout performances for week number one, I could not choose one. I just got to give it to the whole Cowboys defense. <laughs> the whole big D. Yeah. D. The Cowboys defense, seven sacks, three turnovers, two scores, 40 to nothing shutout. Only the sixth 40-burger shutout to open a season in the Super Bowl era. And, man, that's who Zach Wilson's got to get his first start of the season against on a short week. Good luck. Look <laughs> out. That seems a little low on your list. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> I, I know you would say that, but number two on the list is the guy who came up with the fourth best passing yards performance in the history of week one football, and that's Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Tua in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert on the other side, the guy who was chosen after him in the draft, and all he has heard for years is how the Dolphins took the wrong guy. And everybody wondering, why is he still playing based on the concussions he suffered last year? And he took care of himself behind a makeshift offensive line and threw for 466 yards and three touchdowns and looked terrific doing it. Were there a couple underthrown balls? Sure. But everything else to me looked like money from <laughs> the guy who is performing, as I called, to a jitsu in week number one and the number one standout performance in week number one. I think everyone can be in agreement with all due respect to Dallas and all due respect to everybody else. Tyreek Hill oh, yeah. looked unguardable. You cannot cover this guy. It looked, again, like he was being operated via joystick. 15 targets. That might not be enough. 11 catches, 215 yards, and two very important scores. Good luck to anybody that's got to try and cover him because there's Jalen Waddle on the other side. So, I don't know how to stop him. He... he and, he, you know, to borrow a phrase from Dan Patrick, I don't even know how you can contain him. So he is, without a doubt, the number one standout performer of week number one. Do you think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. Let's go. Let's go. Just because I like saying his name, too. Puka Nakua. Yeah, come on. Honestly, it sounds like the, it, this was the name that got thrown out by the riders of Lilo and Stitch. We're not going to go with Puka Nakua. Yes, we are. 15 targets of Matthew Stafford. Like, what? No, no Cooper like, Cup. We're going to target Puka Nakua 15 times. He's going to catch 10 of them. 119 yards. Unreal. Fifth round pick out of BYU. Provo, Utah's finest. 
I know Tutu Atwell had a day. I know Stafford had a day. The entire offense, 27 first downs, 426 yards, 39 minutes and 23 seconds time of possession. Thanks to the unstoppable Puka Nakua. And that right there is my standout performance list for week number one. My top five standout performances of week number one. Again, presented by Dave and Busters. Watch football like a pro at DB with 40 foot TVs, cocktails, beer, and a new $5 bites. It's the ultimate watch experience, Dave and Busters. Okay. I mean, you, you approve? Tyreek was my pick for Offensive Player of the Year. So uh, That's not I, a bad one. Who did you I, choose for Offensive Player less. of the Year, Chris? Bijan Robinson. Okay, he scored. He scored. My coach of the year was Dan Campbell. Not a great start for my coach. Who's Mike, yours? Mike Tomlin. Who's your, who's your coach of the year? I can't even remember. Okay, there you go. It's <laughs> a good choice. Should be Mike McCarthy now, yeah, TJ. You know who's in line for it now? Robert Sala's in line for coach of the year now. If the Jets go and win this division, if the Jets go and win this division, I know that. Good one, Mike. I heard what you said, what Winston Wolf said. I got it. I got it. I understand what you said. You said in the Wolf? I understand. Is that what you said? It is, is what, what he said. It is okay. what he said. I, okay, keep your microphone down if you're going to make Pulp to Fiction me, references. I heard what you said. And you're right, but I'm just saying, he, before the season, it would be just like, okay, you're just rolling the footballs out for Aaron Rodgers. Now, right. if you win the AFC East, you coach him up. Put him in the hall. I mean, if you oh, give him a Peter. gold jacket, green jacket, <laughs> all of them. You know? <laughs> Full happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Gold jacket, green jacket. Hour number three on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't miss it. We've got some great stuff in store. Daniel Jeremiah and so much more. My you know what I'm talking I mean, about? Can I, can I switch mine to Mike McDaniel? My country's <laughs> Peterson. Who's it? Uh, Doug, Doug Peterson. 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 Oh, that's good. Yeah. He beat the Chiefs this week. It's 2-0. Oh, he's on his way if that on happens. He's on his way if that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm worried Is Kelsey about, playing? I'm scared about the Dolphins. We have, have not heard yeah, anything about heard, Kelsey. Right? We haven't heard anything about that. We have not heard anything about Kelsey. All right, Kelsey. I just got a thumbs up, so it's confirmed, and you should be checking in. Oh, are you going to... Are we going to tease? No, we're going to just. Should I just we're say just going to pop him on? No, no, not right now. No, he's I know. He's showing like, up in five minutes. What I'm saying, you're not going to say it, and then all of a sudden, here he is. What else am I? What other choice do I have to say? You don't. I mean, so what are you? What are I'm you saying, saying you I shouldn't say it now. I'm saying we are. You going to say it now? He literally, yeah. Why not? But I'm I saying, say why that? didn't you say it while we were on the? Because he, he literally just hit me with a thumbs up. Oh, oh, it's like oh, a, got it was it. a pre-confirmation. Yeah. Chris, I don't know if you're aware. Anybody that I've been waiting for over the last 48 hours waits to the last possible second until I know I have him. <laughs> I've heard that. I don't know if you watch Sunday heard, morning. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. Okay? <laughs> if you watch game day morning. Uh. <laughs> you mean you're sending the wolf? Literally went to sleep Saturday night, didn't know who was on Sunday morning. So can you cut me a little break? Okay. David Bakhtiari is about to join hey. us. Green Bay Packers, BFF of Aaron Rodgers, and a guy who's like, let's get some natural grass out there, shall we? Yeah. And then, da- and then uh, Daniel Jeremiah and phone calls, 844-204-RICH.